The following podcast is brought to you by Astro Panda Productions. For more information or to find other great shows, visit astropandaproductions.com or visit the Astro Panda Productions page on blogtalkradio.com. Hello, Jordan. Hello, Aaron. We just got done watching Robocop. And uh, let's get this dumpster fire started. Fuck yeah. Welcome to Dumpster Fire Cinema. As we said before, I'm Jordan. That's Aaron. Hi. Robocop. It's like my favorite movie. I have to say, I really had no interest in watching Robocop. I guess... I don't know why. It just instantly made me think of another Terminator, and I was like, eh. No, it's not that. No, it's not. It's actually, like, really cool in a cheesy 80s sort of way. In the best cheesy 80s sort of way. Well, I mean, the first thing that you figure out about this movie is that it is hardcore. It is is very hardcore. Like, everybody, every single character is hardcore. Yeah. They're all like extreme sociopaths. Well, and the whole time I'm sitting here thinking, does Hollywood actually think that business moguls are like that? <laughs> like these bloodthirsty psychopaths that just, you know. Well, evidently, uh, Paul Verhoeven did. Verhoeven? Oh, is he the director? He's our director, Paul Verhoeven. What yeah. else has he done? He did Starship Troopers. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I love, love that It's movie. another great movie. It's so stupid, but yep. it's great. But doesn't it make sense now that you know? That yeah. the same guy did it. Yeah. Total Recall. Oh. Another classic. Yeah, because you got that classic uh, stop motion in there. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I totally should have recognized that. I was like, man, that looks super familiar. But Total Recall now is is in there. Showgirls, <laughs> which <laughs> I've seen, seen so many times. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a so bad it's good Who was movie. Who uh, Well, it was Kyle McLaughlin and oh, Elizabeth Berkley. Yes. Yeah. I still haven't seen it, but I remember seeing like the you cover. You haven't seen Showgirls? No. Oh God, you have to see Showgirls. We should do Showgirls. <laughs> it's it's like a bona fide bad movie. Like it's 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 great. Okay. You just gotta All see right. it. Well, we'll maybe we'll do that in the future. Uh, Paul Verhoeven also directed Basic Instinct. Have you seen that? No. Is that Sharon St- Stone? Yeah. Okay. It's the one the the controversial movie where you can see the shadow of Sharon Stone's bush, basically. <gasps> Oh, my God. Oh, no. How dare she? People were going to the movies like 10 times just to see it again. <laughs> it was weird People, times. Why would you like? Well, I guess their porn wasn't free back then. So like you would have to pay for porn either way. If you're going to pay to go see Basic Instinct or pay to watch some porn. It was all marketing shit. The 80s were a weird fucking time. Yeah, I was only on the very tail end of the 80s. When I, I, was I got born. the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I well, was young, but I was there for all of it. Well, Nikki was talking about, she said, I probably watched this movie way too young because we had HBO yeah. and us scuzzy 80s kids just sitting around, you know, watching it. I wasn't 10 years old when I saw RoboCop for the first time. Oh, my God. Yeah, See, I, I, I was probably nine, something like that. That is not a movie 10-year-olds should be watching. <laughs> it's not. Like you said, it's hardcore. Well, and the thing is, is like it's hardcore because of the amount of blood there is, the gore, the swearing and also i think you could even get away with saying the horrid amount of ammo that they use yes is not appropriate for children. no no this movie is insanely violent did the city i just want to know this did the city have a special ammo budget because <laughs> right. goddamn, like for a city that is as inner city and poor and whatever like they got money to waste on those daggum bullets. Yeah, well, that's kind of the thing. It's This movie takes place in an alternate version of Detroit, Michigan, Yeah, that is kind of a lot like what Detroit, Michigan is now. It actually looked exactly like Detroit. <laughs> but it was Dallas. It was shot in Dallas? Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. That is awesome. A lot of the key city establishing shots were done in downtown Dallas. So what I kind of felt about the actors for this movie is like they were like top tier B-listers. Yeah. Like maybe a little bit into the A-listing, but mostly into the B-listing. But they were at the top. Like Peter Weller in the 80s, like he was 
super popular. Yeah. Did you see Buckaroo Banzai? Yeah, of course. Okay. Me and my boyfriend actually started watching that, but we couldn't get through it. It was just so like. What? I don't oh, know. Get out of here. It was get so strange. Here. And, you know, the, the guy that does uh, Mr. Krabs voice from SpongeBob is in it. And all I could hear him going was like, that's all I could hear. And then crazy John Lithgow, who also kind of reminds me of Kurtwood Smith, who plays Clarence. I I just love this guy so much. God, he's he... like my favorite movie bad guy ever. <laughs> because he's just so hardcore. Him and his whole gang, like the Clarence Bodiger gang, is it's a bunch of ragtags. But even that, like that name, Clarence, Clarence Bodiger. Like, yeah. it's not a name that you it's associate just, with bad guys. It looks like someone's dad. He looks like Red fucking Foreman. Just a normal dude. He's a little bit on the badass side, but he's kind of he kind of looks like just a weird old man that's just, doing awful shit. I feel like Kelso just pushed him one step too <laughs> fucking far. Yeah. He killed everyone in the family and became a world-class criminal. I yeah. mean, just... It was just too much for him. The suburban life was killing him one little bit at a time. He's a fucking animal. Yeah. They are all animals. All The whole Clarence Bodiger gang are just like, they're the worst. They're I just know. awful people. Like that, this whole movie starts off and they just decide to kill some cops. Yeah. They're just like, fuck it. We're going to kill these cops. Well, they're the most powerful. They're a drug gang. Yeah. It's very casually criminal. Yeah. Yeah. This alternate version of Detroit. Everyone's just hurting everyone else all the time <laughs> i just don't understand that whole concept it, it like, kind of reminds me of like the escape from new york prison island it's like gotham that's what i was kind of thinking too like there was at one point where i was watching i was like man this is like gotham it's yeah like, it's you know run by this huge crime syndicate and there's like one huge man in charge and usually like the ceo of the fucking company yep. which how nobody figures that out is beyond me. Right. Basically, all police services have been privatized by this company, OCP. And there are still police departments, but all of the police are employees of OCP. Dick Jones and... Uh, Dick Jones? <laughs> everyone just calls him Dick. Like, yeah, but they say it in like the worst way possible. That's yeah. the most unfortunate name to have in a movie like this, because everyone's going to be like, Dick well, they, they used the hell out of the whole thing, I know. didn't they? They really went all out with that. Uh, and, and Bob Morton is the other guy. They're they're kind of gunning for each other's jobs. God, I just, I know that people don't talk like that, but I wish for one day I was given the superpower to talk like I was in an action film. <laughs> like to have the most badass, perfect dialogue, the most perfect string of cuss words. like just the perfect one-liner? Yeah. You You're going to be a bad motherfucker. <laughs> like who? Dogs like that. I, you know, I, I love this guy. Uh, uh, um, Miguel Ferrer. I, I love Ferrer. him so much. Ferrar. Ferrar. Miguel Ferrar. He's always an, like an asshole or the bad guy. He did Sean Yu's voice for Mulan. Yeah. And like I've never seen him in a role where I'm like, oh, heartfelt and wholesome. Like he's usually just the douchebag. Yeah, it's true. But he's he's a great one. He's he he's is. like one of the best douchebags. He's like Ari Gold. You know, he's he's the pre Ari Gold. Yeah. And in this movie, he was just like a super lovable douchebag because he wasn't uh, he wasn't a criminal. No. He was just kind of trying to get up in the world where Dick Jones is like this ruthless madman. Dick who, Jones. <laughs> they have this scene where. He's in the bathroom and he's talking shit about Dick Jones because that's what you do. They're in this bathroom and it's crowded. There's like 10 people in this bathroom. Well, All the stalls the are full. executive bathroom. Right, right. With their little shiny gold cards. Yeah. So they're all up there talking shit about Jones and he's taking a dump in one of the stalls <laughs> and hears him. And he comes out and everyone's like pissing themselves and trying to run out of there. I know. And what, like, what kind of bro is it like, dude? Dick Jones is in that stall. You better shut the fuck up or get the fuck out. Like, no, they just leave him. They all, like, sneak out while he's still talking yeah. about how, like, fucking fabulous he is. It's just like... Yeah. They're just letting the shit show unfold, which is great. <laughs> well, that's because none of these motherfuckers would stick their neck out for anyone else. No. They're all like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Let's let this guy sink his own ship. We're yeah. out of here. Well, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, so, like, we've set up this is kind of like a, a dystopian-ish type future. It starts out with news reports with commercials every five seconds, which are yeah. ridiculous 
ridiculous. The Nukem, the game, <laughs> which is great. I remember when I first saw this movie, I thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah, and so the, the news report is saying that cops are dying in the streets and crime is at an all-time high and it's just a very dangerous place to be alive yeah. in. Alex Murphy, played by Peter Weller. He comes whistling into the station you know, like everything's bright-eyed fine. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yep. And he comes into this overly crowded police station, which I don't even know if that could be a thing in a place like that. I mean, there has to be some kind of order. It's like... Well, it seems like the budgets are all strained and everybody's yeah. kind of like really disorganized. They have... Uh, and, and this is something that Paul Verhoeven did in Starship Troopers as well. They have co-ed showers. Which yeah. is a big thing in the future, right? Like, <laughs> that's just what it's going to be like once we all Woo, get over I wanna it. I want to see my sweaty co-worker getting in a shower. I've Ooh. never worked in a job where there was a shower room. I just think that would be so weird. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, I'm not into it. Just I'm being not into like, it. this ain't your home. Right? <laughs> like, go home. Go home. Shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so this new guy has showed up and we find out that Poor Fredrickson has been killed while on duty and they're all talking about strike and they have this hard ass chief who's like, we ain't striking. We're police officers, damn it. He gets a new partner who is not Carrie Fisher. And we see that she's also a badass punching dudes in the face yeah. and ripping her helmet off. And you're just like... Yeah, Lewis is a badass. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's, she's pretty, she's she's pretty the cool. Shit. This is like a, a quintessential badass cinema movie. Yeah. Everyone in this movie is a badass. That's, that's kind of the thing with this. Yeah. So at the same time that this new officer and his partner go out to start stopping some crime yeah the ocp is having a meeting about this new security measure that they're going to be taking and it's cost lots of money and lots of time and we're introduced to ed 209 ed 209 the greatest stop motion microphone (laughs) you'll ever see in your life a microphone Thank you. Yeah. The whole time I was like, man, what does his hood remind me of? It, it was. A it's fucking... like a Sony mic from the 80s. Like this. Yeah. 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 I feel like at any moment a giant was going to come scooping down and start doing karaoke. I know, with right? Him. No, it was definitely a microphone based miniature. Yeah. Very ambitiously animated. Yeah. They did a good job for the 80s. It, I remember back when it first came out. And seeing Ed 209 in the stop animation, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. I was a kid, and it's not. But it's they really also not. they also built Ed 209 to scale, like as a big giant. Because at one point, he's just standing still. Like, yeah. And it looked like they had built just this giant model for when it was standing still. Because yeah. it definitely wasn't stop motion. Yeah. that's It wasn't a composite. They didn't composite the yeah. miniature onto the scene. They actually had a scene with a, a scale Ed 209, and it looked great. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Now, when they actually had the thing moving, it was all miniatures. Some of it sticks out like a sore thumb today. And looking back, like I say, when I was a kid, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. We didn't know any better. So they decide that they're going to do a presentation with this robot, and they pick poor Mr. Kinney just at <laughs> random, or was it at random? I don't know. Might not um, be. These guys are some cutthroats. Yeah. Could have been the, Dick Jones taking somebody out. Dick Jones. Um, So they're like, okay, Kenny, here's this big ass gun that we randomly have in the conference room. <laughs> Wave this gun around at the giant robot. Yeah. And he just does. Somehow, some way, the robot glitches and he keeps threatening to kill this, this intern slash coffee boy. And we see the first real gore of the movie i mean he is just brutally savaged with that gun i mean i love the squibs in this movie they are so powerful and they just blast blood everywhere it's so great chunks of skin though like it wasn't just blood it was just like huge chunks of chest and face and arm and you're like oh my god big big meaty squibs in this movie yeah and it's it's like it's super jarring yeah, it's really gross. Because if you haven't seen it, you're like, oh, holy shit. You're like, not expecting this level of violence yeah. in this movie. Because it's kind of campy. Yeah. Y- you know, up until this point, it's it's kind of lighthearted in a way. And then they just take you right out of that. It's like, boom, 
this movie is fucked up, y'all. Yeah, it like takes you right out of it into something completely different, which yeah. then sets the tone for the whole movie because the whole movie's bloody. Yes, you know, it does not get any less violent from here on out. I was so funny though because I was sitting there watching, you know, Kenny die on top of a <laughs> model. He it's just like his last thoughts, you know, like, oh man, and I was so excited to try that new Japanese restaurant or. <laughs> Oh man, I was just one day away from retirement. <laughs> right. I was just about to get made a partner. Yeah. <laughs> Dead. And to Poor think Kenny. I could have gone on a second date with Anna from accounting. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's just kind of like, oh, shucks. I mean, I know. It's, it's a problem. The old man. All he says is, Dick, I'm very disappointed in you. Yeah. Like, Holy shit. Like, call the cops. That dude is dead. Yeah. It's just considered a failure, basically. It's a it's a uh, mark on Dick's record, so yeah. he's real butthurt about it. OCP clearly doesn't value human life. No, no, no. It's just about top dollar. They were they're Tony Stark before Tony Stark. So then our guy Bob decides to swoop in and tell the CEO about his idea and and their project they've been working on for however many months and so the ceo decides to give him a shot right we go back over to the cops where we have peter weller who is like a b-list robert redford yeah yeah That's, he kind of is i was trying to think of who he reminded me of and i was like yeah he's just a just a lower level robert redford well i was kind of noticing too whenever murphy and lewis like met for the first time mm-hmm. it kind of cut to each of them as they were doing dialogue and they had the same exact eyes which I thought was kind of weird. Their eyes looked identical. Same color. Interesting. Same everything. I was like, I bet that's intentional. They both have really cool eyes. Yeah. Really blue. I think that's kind of Peter Weller's thing is he's got those baby blue eyes. You well, get he, had lost the, in. he had the baby blue eyes and the blonde hair and the unique yeah. deep voice. And he kind of talks like a robot before yeah. he gets turned into a robot. <laughs> so it wasn't much of a stretch for him to be like, all yeah. right, Peter, we needed you to talk like a robot. Come out with your hands up. Perfect. You got the part. Yes. That's very weird. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. So now we're introduced to the Bodiger gang. They've just robbed a bank, but the head guy, Clarence, (laughs) is mad because all the money's been burned up. Yeah. Because they had to blow the safe and it blew all the money up. So Murphy and Lewis are chasing them down. And wouldn't you know it, Murphy's first day and they have a big shootout. Yep. It's, and it's just him and Lewis. Yeah. And they're kind of in a in the ruins of downtown Detroit. They're in like these just smashed up, wrecked ass old buildings. There's a lot of really grungy and gross sets in this movie. Like everything's yeah. really kind of gross. Kind of reminds me of Blade Runner in the mm, atmosphere yes. department. You know, it's I, I love the shots in this movie. I love the color in this movie everything in this movie is colored the way people try and color stuff now it's like that kind of hipster look yeah was just that's just the way film looked at that particular time and it seems like everybody's trying to get that look back again and i see why it looks great all these shots look amazing they've got just some cool colors yeah i'm constantly impressed with movies from the 70s and 80s because mm-hmm. they really did a lot with what they had some of these movies are beautiful I'd love to see like a making of. Yeah, me too. I was thinking, when I saw the the stop motion, I was like, man, I would really love to see them just doing that for the robot for each of its yeah. motions and all of that. So, no luck though. No luck. This is in Terminator or the Abyss. Oh, Nobody yeah. was behind the scenes taking video and stuff of this one. That wasn't even really a thing until like late 80s, early 90s. It's just something James Cameron decided to do. Yeah. You, I guess you have to have a shitload of money to make a really good behind the scenes production. Yeah. I mean, you're shooting two movies at once, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. They do the shootout and find this old mine. Murphy and Lewis decide that they're so good and they are just the best cops that they don't need backup. And they're going to go in all by themselves because that's smart. Yeah. They have rules about going in by yourselves for a reason. Like, that's how you go and get killed. Like, real quick. But that's not what happens here. Everybody turns out okay, right? No. No. No, it doesn't. Uh, First, Lewis comes up on pee and laugh screamer. (laughs) Screamer laugh. Whatever. I don't even know what his name was. Some of these thugs have the weirdest names, and and I never hear them addressed in the movie. They don't say each other's names in the movie. 
the white dude with the who was kind of balding and had the leather jacket, his name was uh, Emil. Emil, yeah, Antonowski. But you never hear anyone call him Emil. Or that whole fucking name. I, I know, right? I guess that's what they put in the credits, so that's why it's on IMDb. Yeah. But like uh, the black guy, we just know his name's Joey. And Joey. The, the Asian guy who doesn't say anything in this movie, but he's part of the Bodiger gang. No, he says, hey, fuck you, that's before right, he fires right, on the right. Robocop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you've also got Ray Wise, the guy from Twin Peaks. Oh, man. Okay, this dude. I was talking about him for a second. Yeah. He plays the most ridiculous characters, whether it's a bad guy or a thug or just some, I don't know. I've never seen him play a good guy. He's always doing really weird characters. Yeah. And, and it's always a bad guy. You're right. But he does really great. Like yeah. his, his facial expressions great. and like his voice, it's all just perfect, especially for like a high class B-lister, which I would consider Ray Wise to be. Yeah. Yeah, he's a B-lister that can really act. You see him in all kinds of stuff. It's great. I like him. He's he's my favorite of the thugs in this movie because he just seems so out of place. Yeah. So, yeah, they decide to go in after these guys alone. Lewis gets knocked out. And then Murphy comes upon two dudes who, one, he just randomly shoots. He gets ambushed. Everybody else shows up. Asian dude and Emil. For fun, they just decide to shoot this cop to pieces. Not shoot him once, but like shoot his limbs off one by one. I was 10 years old (laughs) watching this. Uh, yeah, it was disgusting. It's they horrifying. they put a hundred bullets in this guy, just ripped him to shreds, and he did die. No, not at first. I mean, it took a shot straight to the head for him to die. Yeah. I mean, dude, I probably would have been dead after they shot me in the hand. I would have been like, Ugh. no, he he was hanging on. Oh man! And they did a really cool thing. We see uh, a sequence where he's taken into hospital, basically. Uh-huh. Uh, triage and they're trying to save him they're defibrillating him and we see it all from his perspective so you hear the doctors saying oh he's gone he's gone we're calling it now and then the screen just kind of fades away yeah and then it comes back and you're looking through robocop's visor and you start seeing the systems checks and which is stuff. so surreal it really is it's so surreal it's a brilliant sequence that blew my mind even you know when i was a kid watching it, i was like this is so cool it's like the weirdest dream you've ever had plus some because yeah. ocp has decided to take officer murphy's body and rebuild him we can make him better yes blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we we have the <laughs> dystopian technology in this orwellian world of course the only thing they could do is is the worst thing possible you know let's take a person and make them into a robot it'll be great which is so it's weird to me because you know we see the scene where they're like we want all of them to be robotic get rid of that arm and they're like but we we can't take the last part of him that's human but then they leave his whole face intact yeah i mean if you're gonna make all of him robot make the the whole thing robots we're OCP. We're evil. I, yeah. We'll make him a little human looking. Just enough to be really fucking intimidating and <laughs> uncanny. Yes, because someone with a robotic half face would not be scary at all. I think the idea was that they kind of wanted it to have a, a bit of humanity. You know, it's a cop, but he's human powered, kind of. But then they try and erase his memories. And yeah, yeah I don't know why they really had to like use a person. The other thing I didn't get to was if he's all robot, why would he need to be fed baby food? That, like, yeah, right. I mean, they said that he had a simple digestive system, but why would you need to give a uh, 98% robot food? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that makes any sense. No. I think they just did that because it seemed like... They wanted like to a- gross you out with like baby food that that dude just kept like sticking his finger in and being like, mm, it's baby food. Yeah. Oh, whoa, my wife doesn't ever feed me. <laughs> So, yeah, they rebuild him, they make him better, and they introduce him to the police station. He comes walking in the front door of the police station, and all the cops look over. Yeah. And he just walks back. He's got a little charging station. Yeah. Where he goes to uh, refresh his batteries. Yeah. But then they go take him to the shooting range and show that he is just, like, the most accurate shot. Right. Um, And he's got this big fucking gun that's, like, three times the size of a normal gun, and it's all ported and looks space aged and it fires like three <laughs> shots at once it's got like a triangle barrel yeah i don't know it's like a future space gat and it's great would the bullets be triangular 
Let's go with that. Well, because it's OCP, man. They're making all these crazy weapons. That's some prototype OCP shit. See, in the sequels, you haven't seen any of the sequels, have uh-uh. you? I, I think it's probably important to tell our audience that you had not seen this movie before. Oh, yes. I mean, you watched it a couple of weeks ago, right? But, yeah. But you hadn't seen this movie prior to then. No. Well, if you watch the sequels, they do a lot more of that. A lot more of the OCP technology and Mm -hmm. them trying to build different kinds of robots. They like really go more into the operations of OCP throughout the series. Now, does it continue to use Peter Weller or is it a new RoboCop every time? They have Peter Weller in RoboCop 2, but Mm -hmm. in RoboCop 3, I think they got another guy. And then they had a series. They had a show. And I think it got something like eight episodes and it was another Was it a live action show? Yeah. Yeah, it was a live-action RoboCop show. It was fucking terrible. <laughs> Me and Nikki and I, uh, we got on a tear for RoboCop like a couple of years ago, like right after we moved in here, mm-hmm. and we watched all the movies, and we watched the show. And my God, the quality drop-off is sudden and huge. Like well, the third yeah. movie is fucking horrible. Uh, it it actually it's got its charm, but it's just really silly, and it's PG thirteen. They kind of tried to yeah, they tried to take the series <laughs> into PG thirteen territory and just kind of ruined the whole thing. But uh, but RoboCop two is great. RoboCop two is really good. You can only get so lucky with having a television show after the movies. Like Ghostbusters got lucky; they had two yeah. really great movies, and then they had a really cool Cartoon. animated show. Yeah, so it's it awesome. I think it takes a lot of work to be able to make the show as good as the movies if they were any good to begin with well it wasn't a successful show it did well, it did get a second season i had never heard about it so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i watched it once or twice when it aired but yeah. it went into obscurity very quickly it was like a sci-fi channel thing or something like that <laughs> the, inter- the entertainment industry is like bury that bury that as soon as you possibly yeah. can but of course they remade it uh, in 2014, mm-hmm. and it was okay. I watched it. It wasn't the worst thing I'd ever seen. Anybody I know in it? I think it was Amy Adams in it or Rachel McAdams, whichever one she is. I think <laughs> same, same difference. Same, no big deal. Same bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, it had Gary Oldman in it, but it it was uh, Gary Oldman. Yeah, and it had uh, Jackie Earl Haley in it too, and he was really what? good. He was especially good. Was he RoboCop? No, he wasn't RoboCop. Oh. He was like a bad guy. Oh. But uh, but it was played by this guy named Joel Kinnaman. And he was he's kind of like a Marine type guy uh-huh. that, you know, he gets gets killed. It's the same story. As, oh, okay. As but the exciting news in the RoboCop universe is that Paul Verhoeven is taking control of the, the series again. And they're going to make a sequel to RoboCop. It's the original RoboCop 2 screenplay that they wrote way back when they finished RoboCop. They're making it now with Paul Verhoeven. So that's very exciting. Especially with the new technology that we have. Yes. I squeed like a little girl when when I heard that news. I'm so excited about this. Remember, uh, we used to hang out at a uh, at a place with a bunch of pinball machines, uh-huh. and they had the RoboCop pinball machines. So every time we were in there filming a weekly show and a bunch of other little things, and in the background you could hear the RoboCop theme song <laughs> and just about everything we did for six months. It is a pretty badass theme song, though. It yeah, comes it on is. And it's really good. It's just all this brass, and it's like. Bah, 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 bah. and you're just like yeah robocop so the other thing that i wanted to talk about was this like creepy ass show that everybody in the town was watching that i'll buy that that for a dollar like what the hell is that i think it's like benny hill right it's just this old gross looking perverted dude with all of these college age chicks around and they're like in bikinis and halter tops and they're they kissing do- him on the cheek and rubbing up on him, and he just goes, I'd buy that for, for a dollar. dollar. And everyone in the town watches it and laughs yeah. hysterically at yep. it. Because everyone in this town is a degenerate. <laughs> like, they show this scene 
where it's just like a normal night in Detroit and they're they're just sitting there on the road, the Bodiger gang, and in the background there's people like harassing women and breaking into cars and just committing god awful acts of mayhem just in the background, just as a normal day in yeah. Detroit. <laughs> It's just crazy. This is a degenerated future. Yes. Yeah. So they let RoboCop go out on his own to stop all crime. And we see him stop several crimes in the night. First, he stops a robber who is burglarizing in a mom and pop convenience store who shouted, fuck me the whole time. (laughs) And I'm sitting there going, you don't want RoboCop to fuck you, dude. Like, that sounds horribly painful. I wonder who wrote the dialogue for that. I wonder if that was Verhoeven <laughs> or if they just gave it to somebody to work on. Because he's just like, was fuck me, fuck me. Sitting in the very first script reading and that dude just being like, wait, why am I saying fuck me? <laughs> fuck me, fuck <laughs> me, fuck, fuck me, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to dry read this thing. <laughs> Either that or they're completely in character and just screaming at the top of their lungs. Fuck me! Fuck me! And, and as stupid as that sounds, it worked. There's like several scenes in this movie where they just showed somebody committing a crime. Which is crazy. In a town the size of Waco, you might hear of major crimes happening a couple of weeks, maybe. But... Like, these three major ones, like, the first one is robbery, the second is attempted rape and maybe murder, and the third one is a crazy psycho who's lost his mind because he didn't get to be mayor. Yeah. Like, in one night. It's hard to fathom living in a place where that could even be a possibility. Three majorly traumatic things in their city happening like that yeah just back to back but but i think it gets the point across that this is a this is a dystopian hellhole and it needs robocop oh for sure because you know he saves the old people yeah and then he saves the woman who's about to be raped by billy idol and his crony it's not really billy idol it just looks like it looks just like billy idol and then he goes in single-handedly stops an act of deranged terrorism because this guy didn't get to become mayor and i was just he says don't jerk me off (laughs) miller they ask miller what he wants and he says first of all don't fuck with me which i thought was a great line and he wants he wants a shitty car with low gas (laughs) mileage the high life Mm. yeah he's got simple he's a simple man with simple taste just just uh don't fuck with him give him a car with shitty gas mileage and don't jerk him off (laughs) and the guy that's negotiating with him has this look on his face like uh i don't want to jerk you off my dude i just want you to shut up (laughs) yeah yeah miller was a very awkward man and we were talking about this too about how it was just this little tiny bit of a comedic bit yeah in the middle of all this mayhem and gore well they do that they give you a little bit of a comedy break every now and then like they have the scene at the end where uh robocop just keeps throwing bitaker through windows and it's yeah. just like here's something funny to happen real quick in the in the middle of all this awful mayhem and yeah. violence or here's a commercial for the sux 6000 <laughs> There's a car commercial which, in the middle of this movie. Which obviously says 6,000 sucks. That's what it is, right? Yeah. Right. Clarence drives one of those things. Yeah. And later Clarence. on, one of the Bitterker gang guys steals another one and Clarence blows it up because he wants to be the only one with there the- There can only be one, yeah. damn it. He wants to have the, the classy car in the, in the group. <laughs> so yeah- RoboCop obviously is doing a wonderful job on his first night stopping three horrendous crimes. Yeah. And then we go back to the whole thing with Bob in the bathroom with Dick Jones threatening him and making a big scene. And it almost has a touch of homoeroticism to it. Because Dick Jones like pulls Bob's hair a little bit. Yeah. And they're like really close to each other's faces. And they're just like, don't fuck with me. Yeah. And you're like, dude, back it's up, It's very bro. up close and personal. I know. I've never once threatened somebody and was like, I need to be all up in your grill because you, so you can understand me to my fullest extent. Like, uh-uh. But I'm, I, I kind of love here. the Dick and Bob dynamic. <laughs> you know, it's like a, it's a, it's a rivalry that, that is very palpable. You know, yeah. you can really see their hatred for each other in their interactions. And I, I like it. I think that was a great addition to this movie they didn't have to do that no they didn't have to have that little subplot but i like it have you noticed though like any movie that you watch where you have these like 
super powerful businessmen with their power suits and their just everything is the manliest thing ever. Like, they're just a tad gay. Yeah. Just, just slightly. Like, they like their bros more than they like their hoes. Like, way more. Yeah. You're totally right. Yeah. It's a common thing. Look at Top Gun, for instance. Yeah. You know, all these guys are badass and they're confident and they're doing guy stuff together, but it's really just gay. You know? Yeah. It's really just gay <laughs> as hell. <laughs> well, you know, it's bigger than life. And that's what directors try and do on screen. It's a bigger than life rivalry. I was saying when we were watching it that it's very Louis and Armand kind yeah. of relationship. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I want you, but I don't want you because that would not be manly. Right. I want you, but I have to kill you. <laughs> I would rather have your blood on me. We go back to RoboCop, who is now in his nest and he's resting. And he starts to have dreams about his family, about how he died, which I guess I don't understand that either. I guess they left. There's a little bit of, parts of, of his brain Murphy left. Yeah, they kept his brain. That was that was the thing. They wanted the decision-making abilities of a human in a robot body. Okay, that would make sense. So they then. kept his brain. Because I'm sitting there going, again, if every part of you inside and out, or most every part of you inside and out is robotic, why would they keep some human organs? But I guess to have him be partial to the law and what's right and what's not, they have right. to leave his brain in there. So that makes sense. Which is dumb. Because they have Ed 209s walking around like it ain't no thing. He comes to the part of the dream where he sees Clarence Boddicker's face right before he gets shot, which then like jolts him out of his seat. He's just able to escape, which I don't understand why that fence wasn't locked. He just gets up and walks away. Yeah. And then he uses his Wolverine claw to hack into the computer and find out who all these guys are. Right. And now he is going to solve his own murder. Which is really badass if you think yes, about it like it is really badass that's pretty freaking awesome yeah i didn't even think about that i'm glad you said that I, I, that made me really happy is that great <laughs> um so he starts trying to find these guys one by one he finds emil first who is threatening a poor lowly gas station attendant who's just doing plain geometry not yep. p-l-a-i-n geometry p-l-a-n-e geometry womp 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 jesus so he's making fun of this dude for being a college guy. Hey, yuck, are you a college boy? Hey, yuck. Like, what you got, books? Oh, <laughs> we got ourselves a reader here. <laughs> I always love bad guys who are like, you're too smart for me, so I hate you. <laughs> yeah. Like, come yeah. on, college boy. Yeah, that's what I am. How desperate do you have to be to work at a gas station in this Detroit? I know. I mean, because you're not going to make enough money for an apartment, let alone to pay for school. So, like, yeah. that gas station is your so, life. So, there's a college in dystopian Detroit? What happens there? Are there just crimes all the time? Is this, like, the Detroit Polytechnic School? Maybe. Maybe it's, like, you can choose to be a, a you know, regular college kid who's going to get killed anyway, or we'll teach you how to be a criminal. <laughs> yeah. That That's what it is. Their college is just, like, the school of hard knocks. It's, like, a criminal <laughs> college. Yeah. He's studying criminal. Criminal plane geometry. That's right. <laughs> so stupid Emil is trying to scare the dude and he already stole his money and made him fill the motorcycle up for free and Robocop finds him and the guy instantly recognizes him because right. Robocop is like, dead or alive, you're coming with me. And the guy's like, we killed we you. Killed you! Yeah. Which I would then piss myself if that were the case. I'd be like, yeah, I'm totally dead. Yeah, he, but he's hell-bent on killing him again. Yeah. He, he doesn't give a shit. None of these guys have any fear. I'll kill you dead even better. Yeah. For a second time. So so this is the part where the guy pours a bunch of gasoline on RoboCop and tries to set him on fire, right? Yeah. Would a gas station blow up like that? No. No. <laughs> Well, in, in, in Robocop. Well, maybe in the 80s. Yeah, probably. I mean, was gas just more explosive back No, then? we were just way stupider. <laughs> we cared a lot less. I mean, gas was kind of spilling out everywhere, and he threw the cigarette. Yeah. Which could, I, it would cause a fire, but like, that the whole, whole place block just, was exploded. Yeah, the whole place went up like a tinderbox. The poor <laughs> kid studying is dead clearly dead everything has exploded in this general vicinity but robocop 
comes out through the flames. And he just comes out through the through all this wall of flames and just yeah. fucking starts beating the shit out of that guy. Robo- Who are you? Yeah, RoboCop likes getting handsy. RoboCop yeah. wants to get dirty, man. I mean, he's got that big ass gun, but he will punch the shit out of you. Yeah. Yeah. He'll choke you. He'll punch you. He's a fucking, he's a bad man, this RoboCop. <laughs> hey, look, this movie is definitely man fodder. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. This is like the shit you watch after NASCAR's over. <laughs> Smashing beer cans on your head. Shit, yeah, man. Badass cinema. Yeah. The yeah. I'm guys pretty... just like that shit. Fuck off. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I don't really. But to an extent, I understand. You know, because it's, it is pretty badass. It's even badass. if I don't totally understand the point of it. But. So every now and then we'll get to see Peter Weller with the mask off, the the top mm-hmm. half of the mask. And they did a really fucking good job with the back of his head. Yes. Like anytime the mask comes off, it, it starts looking really professional. In movies of the time, like you look at Total Recall mm-hmm. and they did some stuff with masks and facial effects and it looked really bad. You got to give Paul Verhoeven an A plus for ambition on both this movie and uh, Total Recall. Oh, of course, because he really did do some fantastically cheesy practical effects that, all that I love with Arnold Schwarzenegger's amazing face. Yeah, so he goes to his own house and they've got like there's dead flowers and stuff on the yeah. on the counter, but they've got a a real estate bot that's like trying to sell the house. It doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. Did they just like not clean up the place after the family left? They just plunked these real estate bots down in there and said, good job. Yeah, because, you know, I'm so eager to buy a house with a bunch of dead flowers and trash all over the place. The photos and just basically like yeah. a bunch of heartbreak. You can kind of put the story together by looking at the stuff that was left in the house. It's kind of depressing. It's actually. very depressing. Like. This is a devastating part of the movie. It's really sad. Because he's never going to see his wife and kid again. They moved away. Yeah, because they thought he was dead. We never see his wife or kid in this movie. Well, we see them. They're not, just not, not with him. in person. I always thought that was kind of weird. You know, normally you'd get a scene with the family together, but I wonder if the actors that they got to play, the wife and kid, just couldn't be on the set I at the same time. I don't think so. I think it just made it more depressing if they're not around. Because, I mean, think about it. Your husband's now a robot who has barely any memory of you. Like, you're not going to stick around for that. Well, they didn't tell her because it was top secret. Yeah, but what if she had stayed around and he just showed up? Like... You think OCP moved her out of there just in case? It's possible. Maybe that's why there's so much shit left around because they had to leave in a hurry. Yeah, but why put the real estate bots up if you're not even going to clear the place out? I don't know. He walks through the house and he's seeing visions of his wife and child. He's getting memories. And it makes him mad, so he punches the robot. Yeah. He's like... Kind of throwing a little (laughs) bit of a robo fit. Yeah. And I think in this part, there's this shot where he's posed in a way that he looks like he's doing the robot. Yeah. It's kind of of funny. (laughs) Anyway, so then we go over to Bob, who is in his nice condo with these two women of the night. Or maybe their co-workers... And they're doing cocaine, and they're all, like, about to start a really bad porno. Like, that's what it reminded me of. Like, the start yeah. of a really horribly done porno. Yeah. Bob's up there in the penthouse with some floozies. Yeah. And, you know, Bob was a douche, but he was kind of a good guy. I like you Bob. You know, in a, in a really douchey way. Bob was our man on the inside of OCP in this movie. He was our window. Yeah. He was our character that we liked from OCP. And he had a partner. It was a black guy. Kind of looked like Sidney Poitier. I don't know what his name is. Oh, yeah. But uh, but he was his partner. Because hmm. they had their own company, Bob and the black guy. It was called Security Concepts. Okay. So the other guy very rarely talks, but he was a nice guy too. The two, yeah. The two Security Concept guys are kind of cool. He was the one that was like, too bad about Kenny, hey? Like, Kenny had to go home sick with the stomach flu. Like, that- <laughs> <laughs> that's what he sounded like so just yeah. nonchalant well that guy comes back for the second movie and he's running the project now miguel ferrar did not come back for part two he was just he too big so then uh clarence comes to bob's house and is like 
bitches leave and they just get up and go. go see you later bob yeah it, well call me tomorrow she said <laughs> bob's not calling you tomorrow <laughs> nah bitch clarence kicks in the door basically and shoots him like as soon as the girls leave he blasts his fucking kneecaps yeah. off with these meaty squibs again bob's just like stop it stop shooting me <laughs> yeah so bob's sitting there he can't move and Clarence plays a DVD, mm-hmm. which DVDs didn't exist back then. Which is, so they were like living in the future. Yeah, of of Dick Jones. Basically, you know, he was insulted. And so the best way to deal with it is to send your goonie over to his house and explode it with a grenade. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Hardcore grenade overkill. You can't just shoot the guy and throw him in like a lake. You gotta, you gotta explode him. Well, and it's not even just a regular grenade either. It's like a future grenade with like a an <laughs> LCD timer on it. Yeah, and he can set it and walk away. So he sets it for like three minutes, and he walks out. And Bob's videos basically saying, "Ha ha, I'm killing you right now. Sorry, bruh." <laughs> and then the grenade explodes, and he's dead. So then we go to the warehouse we were talking about earlier that is just full of cocaine all over the place. Yeah, and it's run by a guy that looks like Carl from the Aqua Teen Hunger Force. You know what I'm talking about? Oh my God, yes. He looks just like him. I was trying to place what he made me think of, but that's it. It's Carl. He had a button-up shirt that was like all the buttons at the top were open. That's right. Even though he's like an overly like obese dude. You know, he thinks he's some kind of Guido or something. Somewhere in that big patch of fur is a gold medallion. (laughs) (laughs) Guarantee you. Yeah, so Clarence and his goonies go by the cocaine factory, I guess is what we're going to call it. Yeah, there's a new subdivision that's getting built by OCP. Yes. And new people are going to be coming into the city. And so it's new opportunities to sell drugs. So Clarence wants better prices. And at one point, they just plop this huge pile of money on this guy's desk. And the whole time I'm thinking, man, what would my life be like if somebody just came in and threw a briefcase of money on my desk? I'd be like, bye, bitches. Yeah, but he's like, eh. He's, he's, he kind of shakes it off. He's like, we'll see. But yeah. Clarence is like, I don't think I'm making myself clear. And then he sticks his grubby ass fingers in the guy's wine just to smell it. He like snorted it. This is what I'm saying. That was like the gayest thing he could have ever done. I I don't know. I just think it was like this batshit crazy power play. He's like, oh, really? You kind of slightly pissed me off. I'm going to do some fucking disgusting shit to your wine. And guess what? These were in my butt five minutes ago. But the dude doesn't give a shit. He picks his wine up and starts drinking it. He doesn't give a fuck. He just lets it go. Like like it didn't happen. Well, yeah, because you can't you can't let Clarence see that you're bothered by the That's fact right. that you stuck his ass fingers in your wine. You can't let Red Foreman get the best of you. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So then Robocop busts in and he's going to take all of them down. He is just on a mission to find Clarence. Um, which actually, his mission is not just to find Clarence. His main mission is to find out how many windows he can throw Clarence through. Yeah. Which there are a billion of accessible windows to throw Clarence through. Like, what kind of office has that? I don't understand. I think he threw him through all of them. <laughs> he just basically tore the whole place up. <laughs> it's It's so funny, too, because... Like, Robocop throws Clarence through one window, and he right. picks him up, and he's like, why did you do it? What did you do? You know, he's he's interrogating yeah. him. You're under arrest. Yeah, it's like quid pro quo, like uh, Silence of the Lambs, only every time uh, Clarence answers a question, Robocop throws him through another window. <laughs> and we rinse and repeat on this, like, six times at least. Yeah, I mean, all the windows. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's pretty funny. Once you start realizing that he keeps throwing them through windows, it just becomes this great little joke. I don't know how fun it would be to get thrown through a plate glass window, but I would imagine it'd be somewhat fun. Yeah. I mean, as the stump person, not as like an actual person being thrown through plate glass. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's some kind of breakaway glass. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, I bet that was a fun thing to film. I, I wonder if they didn't just like have to do a bunch of takes because they wanted to get different angles. And so they're like, we did all these different takes. Let's just use them all. 
you know? All six million of him being thrown through the window. Yeah, maybe they just couldn't decide on one. <laughs> so, you know, in the midst of all of this, Clarence is confessing that he works for Dick Jones. Dick Jones, you idiot. I work for Dick Jones. You can't arrest me, man. Yeah. You got to tell me if you're a cop, right? <laughs> yeah. So then, you know, he brings Clarence into the police station. You know, what are his charges going to be? He's a cop killer. (laughs) Wouldn't the cops already know? Like, Clarence Boddicker is the most wanted man in Detroit. I mean, come on. Yeah, and he's being protected by Dick Jones, clearly. Yeah. I mean, this is an organized crime syndicate that they can't do anything about. Yeah. So then RoboCop decides he's going to go after Dick Jones and he goes over to the OCP building. The whole time he was going up the elevator, I was sitting there going, RoboCop, going in the elevator or would it be (laughs) RoboVader? He goes up and talks to Dick Jones. Yes. And Dick Jones is like, ah, you can't do shit to me because I made a fourth directive. Which doesn't make any sense to me because the security company, Bob's company, made that robot. So why would Dick Jones have any say in his psychological profile? Yeah, don't don't ask this question. It's not, you're not supposed to ask this question. Is it classified? Yeah, it's classified. There you go. It's classified. (laughs) So Dick's like, hey, fuck you. Uh, Here's Ed 209. Yeah. And then we get this the wonderful scene where Ed 209 falls down the stairs and cries like a baby. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing ever. Well, at first it's like a hardcore robo fight. You know, he's like trying to get trying to get away from the machine gun and he's like wrestling him. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. And RoboCop's are like, okay, I'm going to escape down the stairs. And he opens the door and he's going down the stairs and he turns and Ed 209 is like at the top of the stairs and the only thing I could think was curses stairs my nemesis yeah like, just like uh like Daleks yeah all that was missing from Ed 209 is exterminate yeah. exterminate yeah Ed 209 was a really shitty robot yeah especially when he's screaming like a cat in heat whenever yeah, who, he falls down who, the who stairs who programmed it to cry like a baby I don't know why would they do that would they have it go help Help! <laughs> Instead, it's like Wah! they clearly use a baby maybe sound they, effect. Maybe they thought that that's what grinding gears and like grinding metal sounds like. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe the Foley guy just heard it a different way from everyone else. <laughs> you know? I don't know. It's <laughs> it's a stretch. It's a stretch. But, I don't know. but either way, it was a very bizarre decision to make Ed Two Hundred Nine cry like a baby. Yeah. So we get done with that hardcore robot fight. Yep. And RoboCop is injured and he's trying to get to safety. And he comes out to a barrage of police officers who have orders to shoot him, shoot to kill. Yeah. But they're a little bit trepidatious about it because they're cops and he's a cop. And of course, Lewis is like, don't kill him. He's he's a good guy. He's one of us. So, and then they use an ungodly amount of bullets to try and take this thing down. Yeah. And did you notice not one person reloaded? Like there was not a one of them that stopped to reload. You never heard like clack clack clack. No. It was just gunfire the whole just, time. Yeah, eternal well, when they, gunfire. When their gun gets empty, they just throw it out and get a new gun. <laughs> so he manages to get away. Lewis has driven up just in time to save him. There's a really cool thing that happens right around this time. Mm -hmm. Ed 209 gets a shot off on RoboCop and there's a hole in RoboCop's visor that you can see his eye through. Yeah. And they do this really neat shot where they kind of line it all up just perfect so you can see his eye in there. And it's one of my favorite shots in the movie. It's just really cool. It is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And then we go to the next day and... Clarence is making his way to Dick Jones's office to kind of give a a report of what happened. They go through their normal angry businessman negotiating bullshit. Like it's all the same. They go through the part where where they call him Dick and they make it sound all shitty. Dick. He's like, "What's up, Dick?" And then of course after they come to an agreement, he's like, "This is going to be great, Richard." 
And he looks at him longingly in the eyes. <laughs> he totally did. And I've noticed this in a lot of like late 80s, early 90s movie plots is that, you know, this is the part where we think the bad guy has won. You know, Robocop right. has been shot at. He's not functioning. And the bad guy is just coming to the point where he just might win. Clarence has spilled the fucking beans. He just basically gave Dick Jones up. And so Dick's like, you got to kill Robocop. He knows everything. He's got us both on record saying that we killed somebody. Because yeah. Dick Jones confessed to killing Bob right before he sicked Ed 209 on Robocop. Right. So Robocop's got both of them on, on his little hidden camera in his head confessing to murder. Yeah. So he tells Clarence, you know, you need to get rid of Robocop. And the guy's like, I'm going to need some firepower. And they give them these like torpedo missile gun things yeah. like sniper rifles that blow shit up it's Which great i feel like that would like injure you somehow if you were shooting that probably like it was like super heavy and bulky but like it's not just a bullet that you're shooting it's like a whole missile because everything yeah. they shot exploded these are experimental weapons that ocp has been working on yeah. They just give them to, to the Bodiger gang and they just go out in the street and start blowing up buildings with it. Which I, I guess I've never lived in a city that had a riot. I've never lived in a city that had like looters and rioters destroying the city. Yeah. So I guess if there's if all the cops are gone, people might would do something like that. But I just feel like it's so extreme. Well, here's the thing. There's a scene where they show one of the guys break into the store just to turn the TV up. Yeah. That's kind of happened like every night. Who's replacing the glass in these stores and going, oh, we'll just open up next week and uh, and everything will be fine. They have the best renter's insurance in the world. That's that's what it is. Because they live in Detroit. Everyone's like, here, you need to get this monster in renter's insurance because you're going to get broken into Every day, brah. Maybe OCP's uh, getting it on the back end by running an insurance company, too, in the city. That would be interesting. They seem to own the place. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So, yeah, there's rioting and looting because all the police officers have decided to go on strike. Yeah. Robocop's missing. It's coming to the end and we don't know what's going to happen. But then we, we realize that Robocop is actually okay. We see that Robocop is fixing himself. And he's also talking about his family, saying that he, you know, he still feels them inside himself, but he doesn't remember them. And it's all very sad and emo, depressing. Right. Leave me to my robot, depressive <laughs> thoughts. Yeah. You know. He's, uh, he's Robo Louie. <laughs> Robo Louie. <laughs> 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 that is like the. He's the future's biggest cunt. That's a- <laughs> Robo Louie. Louie's got like new robot legs. He can go out in the daytime. Yeah. Interview with the vampire too. Louie's back with the robot legs. <laughs> so the climax is building and she's teaching him how to like retarget. So she's standing behind him doing the thing where she helps him aim the gun. Yeah. And they have their little moment. And then he takes Robo his he takes love. his helmet off, and we get to see the awesome uh, work they did on his yeah back of his super head. super cool yeah they so did cool. great work on I mean like RoboCop's suit I mean it looks legit but that would have been a pain in the ass to have to work in yeah like you bet your ass it was that's why I feel like that's just why he was not able to be as mobile because of the fact that you have a real person with these like robot parts. But he can't be like super mobile. He's got to be kind of slow. He can't really turn his head. You know, like he's kind of like he's like Clooney's Batman. There's no neck. (laughs) Just got to turn his whole body. Yeah. Or when he turned his head, he did it in the most like awkward angle. They probably had to shoot it at an awkward angle because, you know, it, it was styrofoam. Right? Yeah. They had to find a way to make it look okay. All the while making his face look as plastic as possible through the whole thing. Yeah. Well, fortunately, Peter Weller wasn't exactly the most charismatic actor. So he did a great job as a robot in this yeah. movie. I mean, he, he nailed it. Mm-hmm. He nailed it. Clarence Boddicker and gang, they go to the mine and they find RoboCop with their big ass guns. It's just basically a game of cat and mouse where Lewis yeah. and Murphy are trying to get the bad guys 
Emil turns into the toxic Avenger. Yeah, he's like a Cronin. He got Cronenberg. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really love this part of the movie, too, because this has my favorite line of the movie. Right before Clarence kicks Emil out of the, the van, he mm-hmm. says, can you fly, Bobby? <laughs> Every time I watch it, I have to say that with him because it's like my favorite <laughs> line of the whole movie. Yeah. So Emil gets cronenberg which is disgusting looking. The makeup is amazing. I yeah. mean, it is phenomenal it was like a lump of human yeah with a face coming out of it it was very like you say it was a cronenberg it was very cronenbergian yeah lewis gets shot by clarence because she's not wearing a vest for some reason right like she just jumps out of her car without any kind of protection and she gets shot a couple times and then robocop comes and he's you know making his standoff with clarence we think that it's almost the end of robocop because a bunch of junk gets dropped on him by one of the other cronies yeah ray ray wise's character yeah. drops a bunch of scrap metal on robocop who lewis immediately like explodes with the gun he just wanted clarence to be proud of him he was like look clarence did you see did you see and his, then he just explodes at least his last moments were happy and satisfied that's true because he got dead as fuck yeah. he exploded into pieces my man and um, then uh, and then Clarence goes and just gets dirty with it and grabs a pipe and just starts smashing RoboCop with it, just stabbing him and and beating the shit out of him. So so yeah, RoboCop gets stabbed and Clarence is starting to get cocky, and RoboCop just whips out his little Wolverine thing that he uses to hack computers and shakes him through the throat. His arterial spray that's like going like a fountain. It's like pew. Yeah, they had like 20 PSI of pressure behind it. It just kept (laughs) squirting out. It was really gross. (laughs) So he goes back to OCP. He goes to find Dick Jones. Who is still trying to push Ed 209, which is like obviously the worst piece of shit. Yeah, they're all in the boardroom. Yeah. Top floor. Robocop easily gets past Ed 209. They don't even really show him fight this one. He just blows his head off and that's it. Yeah. Ed 209 is so old hat for RoboCop now. He just blasts through him. It's like the boss on Zelda when you go to the next level and they make you fight the boss from the level before, before yeah. you could fight the boss on that level. Yeah. Yeah. Ed 209's <laughs> a mini boss now. This is true. It's true. And RoboCop goes up to the conference room and he's basically like, Dick Jones is a dick. Yeah. Here's proof and shows Dick confessing to killing Bob, but he can't do anything about it because of objective four. He cannot forcibly arrest or do any kind of physical harm to Dick Jones because he's a senior officer. Well, again, why is there guns in the conference room? Because he just pulls one out. Another one. Yeah. And he's like taking the old man hostage and he's like, let me go and I'll let him live and blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, Dick. You're fired. Yep. Which then RoboCop is like, thank you. And then he shoots him out the window. And they do this really weird scene where his arms are extremely (laughs) long when he falls. Okay. The stop motion on that one was really bad. Well, I get what they were trying to do. I think it was a mix between stop motion and a dummy. But what they were trying to do was they wanted to give it a sense of depth. So it looks like he's falling and his arms are, are forward. But the effect just didn't work. So it he looked had like, like noodle arms. Yeah, it looked like Beetlejuice when he got his when he made his arms real long yeah. when he rolled him out. It looked like that. It was very weird. And this is like the end of this movie. Yeah. They ended it with the worst special effect well, ever. They were like, We spent all of our money on the Ed two oh nine stop motion. It's gotta be something like that. Yeah. Like they ran out of money at the end of this movie, or maybe they had to reshoot. I don't know. But the Dick Jones fall scene is gross in comparison to everything else in this movie. Yes. And then, you know, the CEO says, son, what's your name? Murphy. (laughs) It's Murphy. I know what I am. I'm mostly robot, but I'm also a person inside. Please help me. I'm trapped in this robo body. It hurts so much. I'm going to say my human name. Even though I have no human parts, but maybe I have a human heart. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's our moral of the story is, is even if you don't have human parts, you might still have a human heart. 
So that's RoboCop. That's it. This is one of my favorite movies ever made. I love this movie so much. I watch it every year. I have watched it every year since I was a little kid, at least once a year. I've seen it three times already this year. I was genuinely surprised, and I had a really good time with it. Yeah. Just just it, laughing at some of the campiness and some of the lines and just everything that goes with it. It was just, it was a lot of fun. RoboCop is the best 80s action movie. It's better than The Terminator. Ooh, it's better no. than Predator. Mm-mm. It is. Not better than Predator. Yeah. Not not better than Terminator. I think it's in the same class. No. It's like, it's like Terminator, Predator, RoboCop. I think RoboCop's the better of the three, mm-hmm. but they had better sequels, the, the Terminator and this Predator. This is true. This is true. And I haven't seen the RoboCop remake, but the Predator remake was pretty astoundingly awesome. They're doing another one, too. I know. They're, I know. they're just going to do those forever. What are we going to do next? You know, it's starting to get to spoopy time. Spoopy, yeah, spoopy time. That's right. And, you know, I think we do really good with horror movies. So I might pick a good scary one, like maybe a good campy one. Cool. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's great. We'll probably just do horror movies until Halloween's over, huh? That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea. Um, what also sounds like a great idea is for you to go find us on the social medias. Yes. We are on uh, Twitter at Defire Cinema. We're also on Facebook as Dumpster Fire Cinema. Uh, we are under the Onichan umbrella where we do Very Dark, Very Quick and a bunch of other bullshit. Aaron's stream show that he does every Sunday at 5 p.m. It's basically about nothing. It's the first part of the schlock block, the Sunday schlock block for Modi-chan. We've got at five o'clock me and I do my live stream. It's called Streaming Pile of Shit. It's retarded. And then after that, Mike does Satan Cinema. Uh, basically he dresses up like the devil he's got a cute little devil costume he got from amazon (laughs) and he watches public domain horror movies or just whatever he can get his hands on it it's it's really good you should watch it so we do them back to back five o'clock and six o'clock central standard time uh on sundays yeah and we have twitch and we have all of our videos streaming on twitch 24 7 basically and even if you just open us up in a browser and you mute us um that's that's good enough because it just shows that you care and you're taking the time to commit yes so do that help us pump our numbers you can find all the stuff we do if you go to onichanproductions.com yep there's links to all of it yeah all on youtube all on twitter mike is a twittering tweeting twitting machine this motherfucker tweets more than the president And that's saying something. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you for uh, listening. We love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dumpster Fire Cinema. Be sure to tell your friends. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Dick Jones. Dick Jones. Dick Jones. Dick Jones. Dick Jones. Jones. I got it. What was it? Dick Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great.